Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. I don't know what we're supposed to make of these American celebrities when they say that they're going to move to Canada because of how bad things have gotten in their own country. I mean, first of all, it's almost always total bullshit. You know, Snoop Dogg, Lena Dunham, Barbara Streisand, they weren't serious. They're not moving to Canada. You're not going to run into them at Canadian Tire. They never had the slightest intention of following through. But, like, even in the rare case where an American celebrity is actually ready to pack their bags and move to Canada, I'm not, like, super quick to just take the compliment Uh, That, you know, this is about how great Canada is and I should just feel lucky and flattered that they're coming. Like, what's the idea behind this? I think the idea is that they are the decent, reasonable Americans, but America itself has become so overrun by maniacs that their only option is to flee. For Canada, a country which they assume does not suffer from the same problems. And I got to tell you, I kind of doubt that they bothered to check. You know, if they, if they did, they might be a little bit surprised and disappointed. But more than that, more than that, my issue is like, I don't know. I, I feel like they're just kind of being quitters, you know, like that's it. You give up. You're just, you're just going to leave. I want to say to them, like from that Leonard Cohen song, come on, come on back to the war. Don't be embarrassed. Pick up your tiny burden. Don't be a tourist. 
Anyhow, that's the imaginary conversation that I have with Snoop Dogg in my head. I mean, it's not like I actually get to discuss this stuff with actual American celebrities, except for the other week when I did. Mark Marin and I connected for a conversation. Marin, of course, is the host of WTF, which is like one of the first great podcasts, just this pioneering show, this interview show where Mark Marin has spoken to everybody from Robin Williams to Barack Obama. Marin is also a great stand-up comedian. You may have seen his specials on Netflix. You may have seen him acting in a bunch of different shows and movies. He and I were only supposed to get together to quickly record promos for each other's shows. It's a podcaster thing. Like, he recommends this show to his listeners. I recommend his show to mine, you know, and I do. But, you know, it was just supposed to last for a few minutes, but we got to talking. We got to talking about his plans to move to Canada. And yes, he, he, he is serious about it. He, uh, he's applied for permanent residency here. He's thinking about Vancouver. And we got to talking about a bunch of other stuff too. And I had a chance to mention to him uh, the simple fact that if I had never heard his podcast, I may not have ever launched this one. Okay, so here it is, my conversation with Mark Marin. Wait for it. This episode is brought to you by Brian Donahue, Lauren Garcia, Frank Serena, Justin St. Amour, Brian Carson, Shannon Fiddler, Lyra Shevick, and Christopher. Hi, my name is Christopher. I live in St. Andrews, New Brunswick, and I am a high school teacher. I support Canada Land because a healthy and credible media ecosystem is an integral part of a healthy society and is necessary to keep government and politicians accountable to the citizenry. It is one of the few podcasts I recommend to my students. Hey, Mark. What's up, Jesse? How's it going? It's going all right. Thanks so much for uh, finding the time for us. Where are you? What are you doing? Where are you now? Uh, in our uh, studio in uh, Toronto. You're in Toronto? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was in Toronto. I like Toronto. It's okay. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's, everything's just okay. Yeah. In Canada. Steady B minus across the board. Right, but I'm ready. B minus for boring. I'm in. <laughs> I, I've had enough. I'm coming. Well, let's get into that. Okay. You have questions for me? I think I probably have more for you. Do you have questions for me along the lines of like, why would you come here? Well, I guess I want to just be of service. I'm a good Canadian. You've applied for permanent residency in Canada. Yes. I'm the host of a podcast about Canada. I don't have any, you know, consular status. I, I've yet to be recognized by the crown or anything like that, but I still want to help. Like, uh, Do you know, know the guy? If you could get a word in with the guy who's uh, processing the application, that'd be helpful. I hear he's like somewhere in like Newfoundland or somewhere. Yeah, I probably can't help. I got no schlep there. I can't help you with that. Uh-huh. All right. But if there's anything I can, you know, what, what, what can I do? What do you need to know? Well, I mean, am I romanticizing? Here's my impression. Okay, so I've been going to Canada for years. Mm -hmm. And many years ago, probably 20, 30 years, I've been going up there for the festivals and, and working at different places. Like, I, I used to think, like, well, it's kind of like America, only without the, the fear, without the anxiety permeating, you know, every part of uh, the environment. And I think that's kind of true. I, I just remember having that moment where I was outside. It was like one in the morning and there was just a guy riding a bike and a couple of people walking. I'm like, where, where the fuck am I? How is this happening? Just people comfortably walking with no sense of panic. 
And as time went on, I grew to believe that was it was boring. And then like something started to shift after Trump and after, you know, the chaos started here and I became older. It was like as soon as I got to Canada, within 20 minutes of being off the plane, it was like, oh, my God, the cancer isn't here. Like I felt a tangible physical relief that lasted. It's only fair to give you context that the concept of Canada that you're describing, that we're much like the States, but just more sane and a bit more progressive and a bit more harmonious and evolved is a concept that I've dedicated most of my adult life to dismantling. So that's like a caveat that we should have. Well, look, you know, I understand that and I appreciate that. But here's the deal. There's not that many people up there, dude. And you can dismantle, but like my sense of it without knowing it. That fundamentally, when you don't have a culture based on guns and everybody gets, you know, at least basic health care, it may not happen promptly and it may not happen in time, but it's there. Montreal is amazing. I've been here a week. I've been here a week. I've been taken to eat poutine three times, <laughs> smoked meat twice. Everyone here smokes cigarettes. What the hell is going on? How do you people live like this? Then I realize, oh, you have health care. So I think that somehow or another, your sense of mortality and existential dread changes and the sense of capitalism infused in every waking second of one's day. That's also like, yeah, I know you can get it from here, but it's not culturally endemic to Canada. So those three things to me, no matter what you say, I'm going to push back. You know what? I'm not even here to dissuade you from like, I think you're going to get what you're after. I think you're looking for like a bit of relief, like, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a long road and you want like, that's that, that's here. You'll get it here. I know you a bit as the one knows somebody who knows somebody's podcast. Like, yeah. if you are a person who values extreme sports and uh, the yeah. rugged wilderness, if you're really yeah. into nutrition and wellness, uh, spirituality, no. real estate speculation, no. I think Vancouver is going to be great. If you value culture, if you like having conversations with artists and creators and authors and comedians, if you like talking to sharp, funny people who might be damaged, but they're very interesting, right? you may be going to the worst city in the world for that. What, Vancouver? Nobody has ever, like, been inspired by Vancouver to, like, write a great novel. No one's ever written a kick-ass rock song about Vancouver. It's, it's like, well, I mean, it, but it's a it's vacuum. Just, look, I, you know, I'm going to be, you know, if it works out, if what I want to unfold unfolds, I'll be in my 60s, number one. Uh, number two, I don't have to spend my entire life up there. Yeah. But wait, all that stuff like in, about nutrition and real estate speculation, that's all in Vancouver? It's oh, not, yeah, you got it. That's what the, it is. In spades, yes. It's so like Denver, Colorado. It's just healthy people everywhere. Like I did a joke about Vancouver when I was there last saying that in Vancouver, everyone looks like they're like 20 minutes away from hiking. Whereas in Montreal, everyone looks like they're 20 minutes away from fucking in the streets. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, I prefer Montreal. But you're you're right. But look, Vancouver is all those things, but it's also psychotic. It's just a different kind of psychotic than you're used to. I mean, it's uh, flesh it out. What do you mean? Well, how would you describe a city that has like the highest homeless rate in Canada, but also the highest number of vacant condos and mansions? That's very American. Yeah, it's it's a it's a place where people a lot. There's a lot of money parked in Vancouver. People speculating on real estate. You know, I I read Gave Mate. I I know that guy and and his you know experience with the drug addiction and homelessness in Vancouver. And I've seen it, and I and I understand that. And that's something I am used to, in terms of seeing it here. Uh, but there's still something about the just I just the atmospheric 
peace. I understand all the craziness that exists there. Yeah. But there's just something about, like, there's a ceiling to the Canadian personality. Like, I, I don't know why, but there, you know, it's only going to go like all the guys that are nuts and talented, they leave. So I, I think what you're left with, because <laughs> we, they're here, they're here making a billion dollars. Yeah. So what you're left with is fairly reasonable people. That's my belief. Look, drug addiction and homelessness. I understand that. It's so insulting. We're just, just the, the moderate mediocre is what's left behind. Would it offend you if I described you as a New York Jew? Yes, because I, I don't think I am. Like DNA, like in your disposition and your outlook on life? Jersey. I go with Jersey Jew. I'm genetically Jersey, but East Coast Jew, I, I think that that is what I come from. That is the primordial soup I crawled out of. As my dad says, it's pretty far from a bagel. I mean, there's definitely Jews in Vancouver, but you, like you met Seth Rogen. He's maybe the most well-adjusted Jewish comedian you're ever going to meet. It's, a, lot of that is, uh, a lot of that is weed. That could go the other way with weed, too. He seems okay. Yeah, I mean, it seems that there's more Jews in the Montreal that more came from the Montreal area. There's not a lot of Jews left, but there's more of a Jewish culture. Uh, history, yeah. That, it seems like we're, that's where they came in. If they, if they were coming from Europe. My family came through Montreal to Winnipeg, and then, you know, so yeah, through Montreal is the... Uh, Winnipeg, outside of weather, is a, sort of a culturally advanced place. I, I didn't mind it. It's got its own thing. I mean, it's, it's not yeah. good in a lot of ways. They're surrounded by so many hundreds of kilometers of nothing in every direction that, that if yeah. you're weird, you better find your people. Yeah. You you know, and you better hunker down and do your thing. So a lot of interesting people come out of there. Right. But yeah, I, you know, the Jewish thing, you know, I'm not too hung up on it. And I've, I've experienced this sort of range of Jewishness in Montreal, you know, like the bagels, the meat. I know a few Jewish people. It's, it's interesting how many of those Eastern European customs and, and food gets reinterpreted in different places. Uh, I'm not really gunning for uh, Quebec because, you know, I don't know French and I didn't put that on my application. So, but like Toronto is not out of the picture for me either. I don't mind Toronto. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> Come to Canada. <laughs> it's fine. That that's uh, that's the slogan as far as I'm concerned. No, I I, I think you could be pretty like, but you're you're gonna go back and forth. Look, it's all a dream. Yeah, and you know that would be the thing. You know, the idea would be is that somehow or another, some minor lever in my brain is going to enable me the peace of mind to enjoy life without being, you know, full of dread and constantly comparing myself against people more successful than me, and I'll be able to uh, kind of enjoy the mountains in Vancouver and, you know, enjoy sort of the air and the, like, I love the way it looks up there. Yeah. It's stunning. It's stunning. And, you know, maybe that lever won't throw, but like right now I'm in this waiting zone. Like I'm not, I have to spend two years out of five up there, not in a row, if I get this visa, this permanent residence. Yeah. So that will kind of, you know, throw me into action. And the guy said there's a good two to three year wait on the thing. So it, it all seemed to time out in my mind correctly. Like the fantasy now is to have a place there. And if there's still water in LA, I'll stay here. If not, I'll, I'll maybe get a place in New York. But that would be easier to go to Toronto from New York, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would make some sense. And I, I, I don't know. There's something weird to me about Canada as a refuge from both climate change and fascism, both because we're causing a lot of climate change here. We got the oil sands here, which has got a carbon footprint like the state of California. It's the dirtiest energy that you could produce. Hmm. And then, all right, 
what do you think? I don't know if this is sci-fi stuff, but we've got the Great Lakes, and it's uh, this you know one of the world's largest reserves of fresh water, and we've got an undefended border, and our neighbor is the most militarized country in history. How much autonomy can we really expect to uh, maintain in the long run? Oh, I see. You think that maybe we'll all end up in Canada anyway? I don't know. You know I don't know. In a, in a hostile hostile takeover for water in the Great Lakes. Aren't the Great Lakes half hours? You got some of it, yeah. I think that if you decided it, they're all yours. Sure. To me, the only way that'll happen is if, you know, this is just a burning shit heap of a, apocalyptic garbage and there's a whole new pioneer, literally covered wagon class that is going to head up into Canada to resettle. You know, that's the only way that is attractive. If you get some real off-the-grid fucks, which we have a lot of, yeah. who decide, like, let's take over Canada and settle all that area around Winnipeg. <laughs> just Minnesota Maybe. moving up. It's uh, just... Well, Minnesota, you don't have to worry about what's happening in Minnesota. It's basically Canadian. Well, that's that's true. Like, Vancouver has more in common with Seattle than Toronto. Yeah, Minnesota. I love Minnesota. And I, and I love... Uh, a lot of those states up there, that border outside of, uh, I guess, New York, That the difference between Niagara Falls, New York, and Niagara Falls, Canada, that is the difference between the two countries. We have more wax museums than you? I don't know, man. It's like Niagara Falls on our side is just a beat up, horrible town. Yeah. It's really sad. No, up, upstate New York is pretty depressing for the most part. It's rough. But look, you know, I hear you and I appreciate all the insight. Speaking about comedians, your big interview, Lauren Michaels, I interviewed Hart Pomerantz. you know who Hart Pomerantz is? Yes, the other guy. He's the other guy. This is the nation of the other guy. That's what we got here. In 1970, Hart and Lauren left laughing. They landed a deal to produce, write, and star in their own series of hip original specials for CBC. Eventually, creative differences caused Hart and Lauren to part ways. So Lauren went back to Los Angeles, more experienced and more determined to make his mark. But but there's not what's wrong after a, you know after a lifetime of chasing it and to limited success myself, but not really being ambitious or careerist. You know, you do get to a point where you're like you make a choice about lifestyle. Yeah, and how you want to sort of. Uh, kind of ride out the rest of it. God bless. I, I'm not trying to shit on it. Like, it's like there's a lot of Canadians that come snowbirds, like parents who, who go to San Miguel de Allende, right? They don't want to hear about the narco war in Mexico. They're not there to, to, to solve corruption in Mexico. They're there because Mexico is beautiful. And they're, and they're, is it that's... their job to solve it? No. I mean, they're Canadian. Look, I... <laughs> I... Welcome. You're, you're very welcome here. But if you're curious about these things, I can tell you a bit about them. But yeah, the French Canadians go to where my mother lives. And, you know, outside of, you know, still wearing Speedos, they seem like pleasant people. First of all, this is an anomaly. Like, we export comedians. We don't import. But have you noticed something in your conversations with Canadian comedians about a difference in the type of comedian that comes out of Canada? Well, yeah, there's that kind of, like, nebulous core of a, a certain type of talent that they seem very proficient in a lot of things, you know, voices, charm, energy, outside of like, you know, Mike McDonald or a couple of the old drug warriors. Coming back to Canada, always a pleasure. Uh, best way to describe it simply is as soon as the plane touches down in Canada, I set that phaser back to stun. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know for stand-ups, but it, it's certainly the larger talent that comes out. They, they seem to be pretty broad, uh, but, you know, not troubled. Uh, except for some of the kids in the hall. But like yeah. when I think, well, it's not true. I guess they're all weirdly troubled. But like when I think about Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Mike Myers, uh, I think about um, Gosling's Canadian, Howie Mandel. The first thing I think worth noting is that it's almost all sketch and hardly any stand-up. 
But there are some stand-ups there. I, I guess so. But yes, yeah, Sketch invaded the United States, too, in the generation or two after me through Second City, which might have, you know, kind of been influenced through Canada, through Chicago, uh, you know, down through the kids in the hall. But it's all Sketch now. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It makes sense, right? Because it's the American thing is to stand there and hold forth, right? And the Canadian thing is we're just gawking at you like we're mimicking you. We're like, you, you can't help it. If you got a neighbor like America, you're just like, what the fuck is that? And then you put on a wig and, and make fun of it, you know? It seems like that's more more of the absurdity of life is, is the Canadian comedy. Yes, my name's Ed Grimley. It's very pleasant meeting you, must say. Why don't you take a seat, Ed? All right. Who are you? I'm Fire Marshal Bill Burns, and this magic show could be a hazard to life and limb! I mean, I'm only crushing your head. <laughs> yeah, but it's all because that anger doesn't exist there. You know, you, I guess you would get angry at the, the desolation. There's not as much menace existentially or, or physically. No, it's just subsumed. It's, it, it's a very British Protestant hangover thing. It's just under the surface. It's not balls out in the same way. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day -day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction, and build hope. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Here's something, too. We punch above our weight with fascists here. Like, you know, the, the, the guy who started the Proud Boys is a Canadian. Yes. Gavin McGinnis? Yeah, and a lot of people, they know him from Vice, but did you know that he was a failed stand-up comic? Please welcome to the stage, Gavin McGinnis! Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming to this show tonight. Um, I just finished a book called How to Piss in Public, 
that is about my life, and uh, I'm going to go around the entire Northeast without missing one city. I believe there's five in total, and uh, just talk about the book, stories in the book, and be really, really fucking funny the entire time. I know everything about that guy. You do, huh? Yeah, sure. He was around, and then I interviewed him once, and we didn't put it up because he was just bad, and you know he got himself into trouble. He was there to promote that horrible movie he made about being a stand-up. He's a failed everything, that guy. Yeah. And he's a provocateur in the worst way, where it was sort of a bit, but it wasn't—it was a bit founded in his— nihilism and now like he's had to lock into this fascist trip because the bit went too far and now he's like that guy we got a lot of those guys we put a lot of those alt-right guys out into the ecosystem from here how does that happen i don't know what it is i feel like uh i mean first of all we're just not that different like for you trying to outrun american fascism by coming to canada to me that's like that's like once upon a time a Jew who says like i, I see where things are headed here in germany like i gotta get out while the getting's good i'm going to poland it's, it's going to be great. I mean, I get that. And I see a lot of the fascist trolls seem to have Canadian, you know, addresses. Like, as a Jew, I like Canadian Jews. There's a whole bunch of Montreal Jews that are, like, you know, kind of real deal Jews. Yeah. What is the anti-Semitism? How is it up there? Medium? Hot? It's here. <laughs> but it's, it's all just, like, how do you detach it from what's happening? Like, the biggest news in Canadian anti-Semitism is the same as, as, as Chappelle right now, as, as Kanye, right? Uh, like, it's, it's the same thing. We're drinking from the same well as you. That's weird. I don't know why you choose to do that. We have no choice. You know, there's, there, has there ever been a cultural force like the United States of America? If, if you're next door to that. It's like, it's a cancer. I know. Yeah. I understand that there's this fascism there and there's, you know, people with shotguns, but not necessarily AR-15s outside of the cities. <laughs> You're getting ahead of it. You're getting a good five to ten year advance, uh, I think. Yeah, but it would have to, it would require the whole country would have to shift its politics, number one. And number two, you'd need an influx, you'd need an influx of people to, to have any sufficient momentum. I mean, here we got like thousands and thousands of whack jobs, heavily armed, with just shy of tanks. Who, who can be mobilized the second that that clown McGinnis says it's time. So do you have that infrastructure up there? <laughs> Did you see the uh, convoy protests here? Yeah, I saw the trucks. I mean, you know, okay. We can't compete. I agree. And a lot of people wanted that to be our January 6th. It wasn't our January 6th. And a lot of those people were not off the deep end the same way that, uh, that yours are. A lot of them are actually like regular people who are just pissed off. And What are they pissed off about? I mean— I, you, they get dismissed a lot, and I've taken heat for trying to see things from their perspective. But if you've been locked up, you know, the pandemic, we had a lockup here in Canada that was uh, more restrictive than yours, and, and for good reasons, right? Yeah. But it didn't hit everybody the same way, you know? Some people suffered a lot more than other people. Some people's businesses were affected more. Some people, it depends on what kind of work you do, and it, and it was a class thing. So I think some people said that uh, it's been going on longer here than anywhere else, and kids have been out of school here longer than anywhere else, and then there was this rolling cavalcade on the way to Ottawa, and they went and they had a party just to say enough of this shit, you know? Mm. Some of them were real were real wackos, and some of them were just along for the ride just to say, I'm in for a party, and I want to... I want to flip the bird to this prime minister. Right. But you don't have like this. There's this sort of constitutional ideas here that are exploited by these whack jobs. And that you don't have that in Canada. No. You know, if you have some whack jobs, that's fine. But here, you know, the whack jobs get emboldened by whether it's uh, Russian propaganda or actual fascists here. And they distort the, the foundation of the country's you know, documents to create whole cultures around you know, something antithetical to to a progressive constitution. So I don't, 
You don't seem to have that. No, we don't have it baked in in, in this way that we don't have the Second Amendment. We don't have you're born a Democrat or Republican. We don't have a lot of that. But the breakdown in just sanity that is afflicting the world is we're not going to be immune from that. And it's just different. Like if you're going to move to Vancouver, so you've got two choices on the dial. We have three. I'm not moving to Winnipeg. I'm not no. moving to Edmonton. But let me I'm tell you about there. BC. Okay. Like in in BC, so we got we've got, you know, the furthest left you can go with the main parties is NDP. And NDP basically that's it in BC. They're they're running they're running BC. So if you run the NDP in BC, then you're the premier of BC. And there was a woman who looked like she might have been on her way to running to, to being the, the, the leader of the NDP in BC, and they just booted her off the ticket for being too environmentalist. That's basically what happened. She was actually looking to take radical action on climate change, and, and they just, they found some bylaw. This is a very Canadian way of doing things. They found some technicality, and she's out. And nobody really got to choose who the premier is. It's just It was just installed. It was like a coronation. Uh-huh. So, you know, you guys are like, it's really hardcore about individual liberties and rights, but it's possible to go too far the other way as well. Like, there's, sure. not, there's not even a choice, right? you know? But I've noticed that there's just not that many people in Canada. Yeah. I think you need people. So I think I'm going to be, maybe they'll let me in. I'm dealing with an immigration consultant, and, you know, he tells me that they're, they're kind of, they're, they're starting to get some movement post-COVID, but it's, it's primarily refugee-oriented right now. They'll get to the comedians later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually glad to hear that. Like, you're very welcome here as far as I'm concerned in my authority. I welcome you here, but probably the refugees first. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But it sounds to me like, you know, it sounds like your show, you're on the pulse of the underbelly of Canada. But it sounds to me like even that, as deep and dark as it goes... It's not even halfway as deep and dark as here. So it does no good. The comparison doesn't help at all. Like yeah. we did a show called Thunder Bay about a town where the anti-indigenous racism is like the Jim Crow South and, and teenagers keep showing up dead. So what, what does it do for anybody there to say, well, it's not as bad as it is in this. It doesn't do anything. It's not helpful. You know, we got our own shit to deal with here. Well, the indigenous issue here is, you know, it's equally as awful, but it's not as prominent Uh, in terms of the attention it gets. There, the states have some catching up to do. Like, we're we're at least starting, starting to look at it. Yeah. And and it seems like that's totally buried in the states right now. Well, I think the way they deal with it here is is, uh, Hollywood gives uh, Sterling Harjo a TV show. Most people think a warrior means to be all macho like that, but no. Being a warrior means being in touch with your feminine side. And Crazy Horse, he did that. He was a true warrior, in touch with his man moon. Most people don't remember that we once had a man moon bleed once a month. Happened every sacred time for us. Crazy Horse was the last one of us to have a man moon. Mm. And then the white man took it from us. And uh, he casts natives and he has natives on the crew and uh, it's entirely a native production. And that's some uh, restitution, that and casinos, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, it ain't much. No. And I, w- I won't say that we're much more beyond that here, but, uh, but there's something starting to happen, which is good. But it just seems like it's a constant conversation there, whereas here it's not really a conversation at all. Well, America, I think, has been struggling through a different racial conversation and at least looking at it for a while. Yeah, see, that's another thing you don't have, slavery. You know, we do, it just never on an industrial scale, but we did have it here. It just was. It just never took off. We didn't have the climate for it. Well, maybe I have to do some studying up. Maybe I'll, have, I'll read your book, The Canada Land Book. And I'll, I'll get hip to ca- Canadian history. I'll try to like hockey. I drink Tim Hortons, even though it's not great. I still think it has a little, a little, uh, uh, some sort of 
mild amphetamine. It's awful. It. It's just the worst shit. And it's a Brazilian company, anyhow. It is. Yeah, that they bought it. Oh, see, you're another another myth broken, busted. I just I put it on uh, on the same level as Dunkin' Donuts here. Whereas I believe that there's something magically wrong about the coffee that gets me really jittery, and I like it. I don't know. Everything you're looking for is here. The healthcare, but it's it's the healthcare thing is like if you need a new liver, we got you like tomorrow. If you need like a family doctor, you're fucked. If you need a psychiatrist, sorry. Dude, got to be honest with you. That's better than what we're dealing with now. Yeah. All right. Come. But but the <laughs> but the problem is here, money still means something. Oh yeah. You can get anything you need with money. Healthcare wise, can you do that there? No, and, and you're going to find just in general, as a rich person, Canada is going to frustrate you. We take more of it in taxation, and what you have left over spends a lot worse than it does. And there's some things that uh, there's some things you just can't get. Like what? Well, like 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 first class healthcare. That's a big one. That and, and and the rich are fighting hard for it. They want it here. They want to create a two class system here. Really bad. No kidding. How's that going? It's going well for them. They're they're making inroads. And basically <laughs> the plan is to uh, make the public system so shitty that it starts to make sense. Okay. Well, this is all exciting stuff. How much is this stuff that you talk about all the time on, on the show? This is an interesting one for you in your conception of Canada. So we've got medically assisted death here, right? A very enlightened Canadian idea. Wow. See, again, that's a great appeal for me. So there you go. But here's what <laughs> happened. And this was a very... Yeah. A very progressive idea, I think, that uh, you know might might be a non-starter in the states. That that if people's quality of life, if they can't live with dignity, if they've got a terminal illness, they should be able to opt out, and 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 their doctor should help them do that, right? Right. And then that moves. Well, do you have to be terminal? Do you have to be terminal to have that choice? If you're just living in agony, can you? Okay, okay yeah. So now it's if you're living in agony, you can decide that too. If a doctor says okay, well, if we're going to consider mental health to be uh, as as significant a type of, of of health as any other, what if you have uh, simply uh, mental health issues that make your life intolerable? Can you then just decide? To, yeah. So now we're bringing that in too. But then you get into a situation with people who, if the system, if the social safety net here would pay for them to live with dignity, they would choose to live. But it doesn't. So, well, we have another option for you here, right? I used to do a joke about how the reason we don't have it here is insurance companies would take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. You got no job, can't afford insurance. You got undiagnosed heart disease. Bam, you lose. Thanks for playing American capitalism. Is that, you know, it, it wouldn't just be about, right, terminal illness would be like, hey, man, you know, you could fix this leg, but you're not going to have a great quality of life after this. <laughs> you know, they just recommend it for everything. Your joke is the reality. That is what we're dealing with here right now. And Tucker Carlson's on Fox saying, look at Canada. They're just they're killing people. A doctor signed off on killing a guy because he couldn't afford rent. A new federal law in Canada will allow euthanasia for the mentally ill beginning in March of next year. Really, it's uh, you can turn it into a critique of Canada as a socialist hell that uh, we're killing people rather than taking care of them from a right wing perspective. But from a true progressive perspective, you'd say we should be giving these people uh, quality of life where they wouldn't want to take that option. Well, that's it. Yeah, you, it, it's the same with owning a gun, oddly, is that like if you're having a bad day and you don't have a gun, the odds of you killing yourself are much less. And I got to tell you something, uh, I got into this 10 years ago, I was a, sort of a public radio guy trying to figure out my next move, and I stumbled upon your show, and so I owe you something, not just for uh, the time I spent listening to your show, but uh, it was definitely a point of inspiration, so uh, it had an impact on my life, the work that you do. Thank you for that. Oh, great. You're welcome. Okay, so when I come up there next, we'll hang out, 
and uh, you'll show me uh, Toronto. I'll show you good stuff. I, I don't have to just bum you out. There's good stuff, too. Good. Thanks, man. Good talking to you. Likewise, Mark. Thank you. Hey, that's your Canada Land. If you value this podcast, please support it. We rely on listeners like you paying for journalism. And as a supporter, we're going to give you all kinds of stuff. Premium access to all of our shows, ad-free, including early releases, bonus content. You'll also get our exclusive newsletter. You'll get discounts on Canada Land merchandise, invites and tickets to our live and virtual events. More than anything, what you'll be doing is you'll be a part of the solution to Canada's journalism crisis. You'll be keeping our work free and accessible to everybody. Come join us now. Click the link in the show notes or go to canadaland.com slash join. Hey, we've got a few jobs up at canadaland.com slash jobs, and uh, a couple of them are closing soon. Come have a look at our website and see if working here might be right for you. canadaland.com slash jobs. You can email me at jesse at canadaland.com. I read everything you send. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Tristan Capicione is our audio editor and our technical producer. Special thanks this week to Dory Smith, Jessica Valentin, and Brendan McDonald. I'm your host, Jesse Brown. Our theme music is by so-called Syndication. It's handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. You can visit them online at cfuv.ca. You can listen to Canada Land ad-free on Amazon Music, which is included with Prime. If you like our work, please support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.